0: to the Supergirl Supercast. I'm Trishy Matson.
1: I'm Alan Yu. And I'm David Schaub.
0: And today we are discussing season five, episode 18, The Missing Link. And why don't you just dive in with the recap, David?
1: Lena's bad day. She missed people might get scared or threatened and her guinea pigs have a prison riot. She stops the riot but gives up on mind control. Lex suggests they take over the world. She rejects him. Lena goes to apologize to Kara. Alex's bad day. She puts Kelly's friend Pete in danger while hunting Leviathan. Kelly suggests a mask, because this show needs more secret identities. Brainy's bad day. He is Lex's pawn. Even when he tries not to when capturing Ramakhan, he ends up getting Leviathan kryptonite and the DEO building destroyed. Nia confronts him, but nothing comes of it. William and Kelly's bad day. They don't work for the same company, you know. They find that Eve is working at Obsidian North, but they only accomplish almost getting fired. Because Andrea is a jerk. John and McGahn's good day. They save Oregon, smooch, and have affirming conversations. Lex's good day. He gives Leviathan a kryptonite-powered MacGuffin to hurt Supergirl, he gets his meeting with them, and kills all of the prisoner guinea pigs? But geez, he seems to have failed with Lena. Kara doesn't think she's a hypocrite.
0: (laughs) Yes, this was indeed an action-packed episode, and I loved it. And I love Katie McGrath.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She is great in it, but I, I have concerns with how they're dealing with her character, somewhat similar to the concerns we had last podcast. I am just so bothered that the turning point is she fails at her technology. And that is not really what I wanted to see. And then I don't understand how Lex responds to it. Like everything about that aspect of the plot kind of bothers me. The rest of the story and everything else holds together perfectly fine. But it just, it's so sad to me that it's not that Lena succeeds and then realizes she's wrong. She only seems to change her mind because she failed. And that felt like it took away a lot. And then Lex just goes off and freaks her out. And I don't know why Lex does that.
0: Okay. I don't think it's just that she failed. She realizes that she never could have succeeded with the plan as it was. She was trying to change human nature, and she finally realized that uh, even technology is not the right way to go about changing human hearts and
1: minds. Which is true.
0: Yeah, I read it that way too, in that
2: basically she realized she could not have achieved what she wanted to achieve without effectively lobotomizing the entire human population which my issue with that is has she not read any science fiction and it took her until this point to realize that her task was impossible and and she explains it by saying that she was hurting and that's what led her to do what she did but I don't again don't really buy that for someone who is characterized as intelligent as she is.
0: I don't view her as much of a fiction reader. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure she reads all the scientific journals. And yes, she should have realized well ahead of this point that her project of better living through technology was doomed, but... (sighs) Yeah, I've been unhappy with the manipulations of Lena uh, the show manipulations that is up to this point, but given that they needed to turn things around quickly to wrap up the season, I thought that this was a pretty good way to do it. I liked that, you know, she was still trying to save people, you know, she was running down the hall trying to stay to save Steve Lamelli when he was getting beaten up during the prison riot. She's a good person. And this episode demonstrated, you know, it's not that she was just chagrined at her personal failure. She was chagrined that she realized that her goals had been wrong all along. Yeah, That's how I saw it anyway.
1: Maybe that just seems like a, a generous way of describing it. Because had the writers chosen to say her technology could work, and her goal as we know it is a dystopia, But that's not suggesting that the technology that she is doing couldn't accomplish that dystopia. I just would have liked to have had her not have anything blocking her saying, oh, this won't work because I keep forgetting some different emotion that ends up causing everything to fall apart. And to me, it really felt like this showed a failure, and therefore she changed her mind due to failure. She didn't change her mind because she saw the dystopia coming. I wanted her to see the dystopia that she was going to. And I agree, the dialogue kind of presents that she realizes she cannot change human emotion, but she just failed to. It's unclear from the writing that she chose a different path. So I don't know. It got me a little bit. That I wanted her to have a technological success and come to a conclusion, not have a technological setback and then come to a conclusion. Because this is a story. The writers could easily have her technology perfectly do exactly what she wants it to do. It's just still evil. So we'll see. And and none of that really explains Lex. It basically is just pushing her back to Kara by almost rubbing her nose in her failure and just instantly going to, we need to be the saviors of humanity, come and join me.
0: I think that's a basic character flaw for Lex. You know, we saw him unnecessarily twisting the knife in Eve last episode. I think he just can't help gloating (laughs) alan what do you think i agree i think he's actually
2: uh, a little like the riddler in the batman stories in that (laughs) like he wants to prove how smart he is and and he wants to be validated and so that's why you see him give his full evil genius speech in this episode uh because he he wants not only to succeed but he wants people to recognize his success and he wants lena especially to recognize his success And uh, maybe that's why it particularly irked him that, you know, someone who is part of his family, who is as intelligent as she is, is kind of like a version of him except one with a a conscience.
0: I thought it was pretty beautifully done the way you saw Lena's face when she realized that lex had just been waiting pretending to support her but waiting for her to fail all this time yes and then coming to the realized realization that yes he is actually really just trying to rule the world and using her to get that process forward
2: yeah i think the last two scenes you see I know that I often say this, but I I really have to say this again shows how good of an actor Katie McGrath is in that the last two scenes in particular, Mm -hmm. the one with her and Lex and the one with her and Kara are sold almost entirely by her
0: facial acting. Yes, it was just great watching her, you know, giving her my full attention, the shades uh, of expression, you know, the nuances that flitted across her face. It was Just so impressive um, and really, you know, made me feel the moment that was happening.
1: Well, you can just see the realization on her face going, oh, my God, what have I been doing? Yeah. Oh, no. It all falls so perfectly. And that, I agree, is just wonderfully done in this episode.
0: Okay. um, So I want to circle back later and talk a little bit about Kara and Lena, but let's uh, look at some of the other elements in this show. I was happy that Dreamer actually used her dream powers again (laughs) this episode instead of just using them as an energy blast source.
1: And yet again, like the other times we've seen her dreaming, there's... They're telling her one thing, which is don't trust Brainy.
0: Right. She's not really good at all at interpreting her dreams yet. She really needs to just focus on that for a while. You know, I have this sort of thought that it would be really neat if she could uh, realize that she needs help interpreting her dreams and go to her sister, who was the one preparing for the role all this time, and maybe they could have some kind of... uh, but anyway, leaving those little non-show <laughs> thoughts aside, I uh, was happy that they at least had her doing something which is supposed to be the core of her power again, instead of just fight, fight.
1: And the scene of her snoring, and Megan and John looking at her and basically saying, "Yeah, that's how she does her work." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty priceless. That was a good moment.
0: Um, I was glad Megan was still in this episode also. Uh, I thought that she was a one-episode guest, but maybe we'll also see her in the next episode, too. It was just nice to see her and and Jean together having a few nice moments, since Jean doesn't get many moments.
1: But in this episode, John and McGon just always are doing the right thing, and they are saving everyone, and they're just in the background doing good work while everyone else around them is kind of flailing. (laughs) But they are absolutely on point. They are being the heroes.
0: Yes, but I guess since they don't have all these complicated problems to work out, they're still not getting much screen time. But. It was nice to see them for a little while again. It was. And I guess a show reason is that screen time for them
2: is expensive to show their powers.
1: True. Mm -hmm. Though we we do now have the version of the Martian Manhunter with Hank Hank Hankshaw's head. So, hey, they clearly are working on their budget.
0: (laughs) Back to Dreamer. So she finally has completely had it with Brainy. It was weird. In the dream, she was just kind of impatient with maniacally cackling. (laughs) Uh, green, brainy, and dismissive of him and didn't really seem to realize that he's an actual problem. She thought maybe it was just her subconscious acting up. I don't know. But then in real life, she flat out told him, I don't like you, the person you've become. I am cutting you out of my life. Goodbye. You know, it's sad, but uh, I certainly feel like it's the right decision for Nia.
1: Absolutely. This was really... A bad day for Brainy. Mm -hmm. Pretty much nothing went his way. He destroyed the DEO. He only ever did what Lex wanted him to do and was hating it at the time. And I don't see the justification for him not being able to tell Nia. And and it's just so hard watching it because of that.
0: Yeah, it would have been so much more satisfying if he had told her something at the beginning of all this, saying... I'm going to have to do some hard things and isolate myself and I have a reason for it and I just can't talk about it. And, of course, that would have been a hard conversation, but so much better and more honest uh, and more recoverable than just uh, turning his back on everybody, basically. Yeah,
1: Especially because she's likely to figure it out anyway due to her dreams.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: and also just... Show reason, he's on a CW show, he should know keeping secrets from people you love. It's <laughs> never going to turn out well, he's been on a CW show for multiple seasons now, he should learn this lesson by now. <laughs> and yes, I-, I think it was also good that Dreamer kind of made her views clear to Brainy, and yes, it was a bad day for him, but he kind of deserved to have her snap at him in the end because of the way he's been treating her for the entire
1: season. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this isn't even the first time she's tried to get him to say something like this, because this is the second or third time they've had this conversation and it just keeps getting worse. So unless that changes quickly... Uh, it's not good. It
2: makes me wonder where they will leave that relationship at the end. Whether he will, you know, try to start reconciling and if she'll be open to that.
0: Yep. Okay. So, Kelly and Alex and uh, Pete. We get Pete again.
2: <laughs> Librarian Samwise.
0: Right. <laughs> and this time the the real one in the show, not Malefic pretending to be a uh, traumatized veteran. And uh, he turns out to be pretty sharp identifies that uh Kara doesn't really seem like what you'd expect from a midvale person, accent wise and word choice wise. And oh, by the way, he also thinks she's a super good writer with wonderful metaphors and (laughs) syntax.
1: Well, she better be.
0: I was groaning during that
2: part, but okay. (laughs) Well, reporting and writing are two different skills. Maybe she would be a great fiction writer.
0: Maybe. Maybe you're right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, we know she's not a very good reporter, so therefore, well, let's assume she's a great writer. <laughs>
0: that must be it. That must be why she wins those awards. She's just really good at uh, spinning the stories. Yeah, that's it. That explains it. <laughs> okay, so anyway. <laughs> He tries to help them with their research, and as soon as he mentions Leviathan to his superiors, he gets stonewalled, and his family is in danger, which I was certainly expecting from the moment they brought him into this thing, although Alex didn't seem to realize that might be a problem. But anyway, at the end of the show, he's going into hiding, and Kelly is urging alex to start wearing a mask which could be pretty fun to see i'm eager to see if they come up with a costume change for her
1: next episode i was briefly thinking that they could just put her in the guardian suit but but i don't think they will do that i I expect we will get another evolution of her deo battle garb with with some headgear but we'll see when we see it i'm sure it is coming (laughs) And really, now the Lena's on side, there's possibilities of costuming because she almost certainly is going to be making Kara an uh, anti kryptonite suit too.
0: One can only hope. We've got to expect that. So, yeah, the kryptonite thing. Uh, they bring back Rama Khan since he wasn't killed or destroyed in, in this uh, version of reality. And he's chained up when we first see him, but jima Jimimni says that they are going to give him a second chance uh, to work for Leviathan. And when he gets himself captured to get to the D.E.O. so that he can get the kryptonite, (laughs) it all works perfectly. Oh, yes, by the way, D.E.O. stockpiles kryptonite in this
1: reality. Of course it does. It's (laughs) Lex's.
0: Of course.
1: (laughs) There's a couple things in that plot line that confuse me. One is just... Couldn't Lex have just gotten them the kryptonite? And maybe he couldn't have without being seen. Uh, so this was basically cover, but realistically, I think Lex could have just gotten them the kryptonite. But but that wasn't really what bothered me the most. What confused me the most was when Gemini and I and are talking. Again, as you said, this isn't the Ramakhan from Earth-38, but there's some aspects of this conversation that confuse me. So has Ramakhan just been in these handcuffs for the last 200 years because they've implied that no one's seen him in a long time? Or do they actually remember the previous universe as well? Uh, they also have a comment where Nai implies that Ramakon has been to the Fortress of Solitude before, and that only happened on Earth-38. So there there was a bunch of things in the dialogue that I was confused with. Ramakan made fun of her for her ridiculous human shell. I don't know what that meant because he looks like he's in a human body too, so... What's his problem with her? And a lot of things confused me in their in their dialogue.
0: I do wonder if we'll ever get to see them, Leviathan, in their non-human shell forms. I know that would increase the special effects budget, but I'm just curious what they're thinking of, you know, energy beings, unexplainable amorphous blobs.
1: <laughs> These are again from another sister planet of Krypton, which is... Bizarre. I was impressed that the subtitles actually said the name of their language correctly, letting me know. Oh, by the way, it's just language from this planet. <laughs> so that that's just wild. They're described kind of as uh, techno-organic beings, and we mm. certainly saw Gamemni kind of techno out in the previous episode. So I would assume that her natural form is is that kind of quasi '80s roboticized look. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll just have to see what that looks like, because I am sure we're going to see them again, probably in the next episode.
0: I would be surprised if we don't. I mean, they are
2: described as godlike, right? So maybe they can be conscious of what happens in multiple universes because of their powers? Well,
1: I think calling people gods in most shows like this is basically like any science that is sufficiently advanced looks like magic any magic that's significantly advanced looks like gods I mean they're they're described as just being these people from a planet also near Krypton so I think it's more of a power level line in the sand than something more um, spiritual or even non-corporeal. I think they're just really powerful. That makes sense. And they're near immortal because they've been around for Mm -hmm. a long time.
2: Right. And I think, didn't Lex talk about having to reverse engineer them to make them mortal so they can be destroyed?
1: (sighs) So, Lex stole the code which took your consciousness and made you immortal by putting you into a computer. And apparently, if you put that code in reverse, it can take someone who is immortal and make them mortal. <sighs> I don't know what that means, but that's what the show's been telling us multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and this is the whole purpose for Lex trying to get to their ship and meet them. In theory, is to infect them with uh, some type of techno virus that will actually take away their immortality.
2: Yeah, so I guess we'll see that maybe next episode when they you know maybe finally get to this famous ship of theirs.
1: I would hope that there will be something uh, at least happening in that part of the plot yes
0: yeah i i wonder you know what it's going to be like um for lex he's been working so long wheels within wheels crazy complicated plotting to get to that ship and i'm wondering is it going to blow his mind is he is he just going to go in there and find a way to Drop the virus in and, you know, not really be affected by it at all, by this ship, by these godlike beings. Will it change him at all? Probably not.
1: <laughs> Maybe they'll do everyone a favor and take him out. <laughs> the show can do a lot, whatever they want.
0: Well, that would be a twist I'm not expecting.
2: <laughs> My only question is kind of knowing the, I'll say, design aesthetics for SuperGo and Arrow, I wonder if the virus will be delivered via flash drive somehow. <laughs>
0: They do like their flash drives. It's hard to see why that would be compatible with the alien ship, but you never know.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Software in Science Fiction. Or
0: maybe maybe Lex will use Brainy to interface with the ship somehow. Oh, that could work.
1: Assuming Lex
2: takes Brainy with him.
1: Yeah, I didn't get the impression he was going to. Hmm. But Brainy has certainly communicated that he's in on the deal, so... Yeah. It would certainly be possible.
2: Hmm. Yeah, though Lex is not one for honoring deals.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's certainly planning to uh, betray Brainy. He's he's never... I'm sure he's never intended to carry through on making Brainy any, anything
1: but his dupe. Well, I don't think he's even really said he is going to do anything but that. I mean, their, their agreement is purely we have to defeat Leviathan.
0: Yeah, that's true. And
1: uh, so you're going to be my peon because you don't have a choice because we have to defeat Leviathan.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess Brainy has been expecting some kind of betrayal all this time. We'll just have to see.
1: For a 12th level intellect, Brainy seems to be always behind. Lena seems to be kind of behind. The show really wants Lex to be the smartest person in the room.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and the other thing that that I really don't get, again, kind of similar to last episode, is that Lex tells Brainy that he doesn't want his friends, as in Brainy's friends, to die, which I'm surprised that Brainy would believe it because Lex's entire purpose has been to kill Kara and Kryptonians, so why would Brainy ever believe Lex when he said that he's
1: trying to protect them as well? I agree. Normally the way this show is playing Lex is he isn't lying all that often. He's just being manipulative and deceitful. Um, Normally he can get away with that without downright lies, and that one felt like just a ridiculous lie.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because Lex's entire brand is kill Kryptonians.
1: Well, maybe it's just to make them suffer. So Lex gave them the box with some type of MacGuffin, this is going to make Supergirl's life hell, and we still have no idea what that means. So maybe he just wants Kara to suffer, not die. Hmm. But really, just revealing her identity would probably accomplish that.
0: I suppose Pete could be a way toward that happening. If Pete gets captured and interrogated or something. Um, Speaking of being captured, uh, another thing that happens during this episode is that William Day is following Eve because he and Kelly figured out that um, she is the link to leviathan from uh, obsidian so he's following her and he gets black bagged captured by someone almost certainly eve herself or someone Obeying Eve's instructions.
1: I suppose I should have put it in the recap, but I didn't know if I cared that much. (laughs) This show does really like people being black bagged. So we'll, we'll just see where he shows up. But I would think that it actually was Eve herself.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that I didn't know why Leviathan would bother actually capturing him instead of just killing him. But they do find ways to use people fairly often turning them against their own personalities by
1: various forms of coercion. And to be fair, he is also an employee of a company they're basically controlling.
0: Yeah, that may not (laughs) be a high priority for them.
1: So now that Leviathan isn't to blame for just putting people into comas, Mm -hmm. it's really even less clear exactly what they want to do with uh, Obsidian Platinum, other than to have the ability to arbitrarily kill off any number of people they want when they're in the VR, right? because they imply that ability. What it actually looks like for that their endgame is a little unclear.
0: I've never understood what they really want if they don't just want to destroy humanity, which they don't because they could have done it before now if that was actually what they wanted. Yeah, and it's clear that they have the
2: power to do it, right? Because... If Ramakhan can just cause earthquakes, he could easily kill huge numbers of people, you know, without having to get any extra
1: power. Mm -hmm. I think the show is basically saying that uh, just killing people isn't sufficient anymore. You need to affect their entire being around the entire world. This is part of the whole theme of technology in the season. And... We now see that that is how this is going to be approaching. But the kicker is you can kill off a certain number of people in an area in a natural disaster, but what they really want is to be able to affect a huge amount of the population because they don't really want just to kill people. They want to control people. They want to kick us down and put us in our place. Mm -hmm. These are sort of gods that want to make sure that we don't think we're gods. Right.
2: Yeah, I guess maybe if I compare it to, say, Agent Liberty last season, Mm -hmm. Leviathan's goal, as you said, just seemed less well-defined, and they're just sort of this looming, overarching, shadowy organization. And it's, uh, again, not quite clear what they want. And so, for me, I think they are not quite as effective as a villain i mean they make for interesting commentary on technology and contemporary society but i wonder if the season would have been maybe cleaner if you just had lex as the adversary to focus on
1: I, I don't know. I, I think the value of Lex in the season is that they also have a common enemy. I think you really need that, because otherwise it'd be maybe more boring. And also, Lex knowing Kara's identity would be harder to mitigate. So I, I like them having the common foe, but I do agree with you that them just being sort of vengeful gods who like to kick us is really kind of a unclear motivator. Mm-hmm. and And the show really hasn't sold that very well.
0: Well... Hopefully, they'll explain some of this next episode, which may, if we understand correctly, may be the final episode of the season.
1: Or at least for a while.
0: (laughs) A lot needs to be tied up, but a lot happened this episode that uh, I wasn't really expecting to happen so suddenly, but I was pretty satisfied with how it turned out. I agree. Again, there's a
2: lot that happens, but it it again, um, it does feel very satisfying to see Lina and Kara back together again. Uh and again, the fantastic acting helps uh sell that a lot. I liked the action actually, uh the scene with Ramakan uh in the DEO. I thought that the effects actually looked pretty good when he was rock bending. Mm-hmm. And it was also nice, uh, as both of you said, to uh, you know uh, that John and McGon get to have uh, some nice moments together.
0: Right.
1: Well, it makes your effects of destruction a lot easier when you don't have to just CGI it because you are destroying the set. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's the last we're going to see that set. They had a fair amount of latitude for breaking things.
0: Indeed. And as Alan said, uh, the last scene with Kara and Lena was really effective. I've already said how much I, I liked Katie McGrath's acting as Lena, but I also was pretty impressed with Melissa Benoist uh, as Kara, you know, listening in stony silence... <laughs> She's uh, had a lot of disappointments with Lena also, but she knows that she needs Lena, and I'm sure some part of her still wishes that they had that friendship back. But, you know, the way at the end, after she heard out Lena's confession of being flat out wrong and... She didn't say, I hear you, or anything, you know, she didn't really acknowledge Lena's pain at all. She just said, all right, sit down. Okay, we'll talk some more, but we're just going to talk about strategy, seemed very plain from her attitude, and I just thought it was heart-wrenching, but it just felt so real
1: to me. In some regards, I don't know if Kara did a lot in this episode, but... A lot of it was all just build-up of Kara saying things leading up to this great scene where Kara says almost nothing. Yes. And that's really how well-built it was. Because we have Kara earlier in the show going, where there is fire, there's a Luther." Mm -hmm. So she's like absolutely that the luthers are doing this lena is bad being very clear we have the line later on when they're in the library which i really loved where Kara, in her exasperated tone says and accuses me me of hypocrisy (laughs) which was easily the funniest line in the episode
0: it was wonderful
1: But basically, all of these lines are just building up, just so you know, this is where Kara is. This is where Kara is. She's going to have difficulty dealing with Lena. And then you just have this great episode where Lena is just saying really all the right things. And you can just see Kara watching and just trying to tell, is this real? Yeah. They did it beautifully, even though some of those lines from Kara earlier may have been a bit heavy-handed. It leads really well into that last scene being so good. You are such a hypocrite, Kara.
0: (laughs) Yeah, this episode, for me, really hit a lot of emotional beats and did them
2: really well. And I wonder if next episode will just open with Kara and Lena talking.
1: I would like to see that. Because the other option is we'll see them and they'll already be kind of back together and Lena will be working with the team. I would like a, an episode where there's some time for this relationship to breathe. I don't think we have that much time.
0: I agree that would really really be good if we had a regular season but we know we have a shortened season and next episode may be the only one we see through for the rest of the summer so so yeah i i feel like the likeliest possibility is that uh, we'll see them Next in a scene with the others with some plan already having been worked out between them
1: for timing reasons, I would I would agree that that's pretty likely.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a shame. I hope they
2: got at least a scene of them talking, if not a segment, but we'll see.
0: I continue to be really interested by how this thi- season is proceeding. And I'm really looking forward to the next episode, but I'm really happy with this one. And good stuff. I've Overall, this season has just had a lot of interesting things that I've been... Very pleased with what they've been doing in general.
1: It's been a very challenging season, uh, going through Crisis, having basically the entire world and plots being rewritten and backstories being rewritten. It is quite the season, and and generally, I agree. I've been really quite happy with it. concerns of Lena's characterization, notwithstanding.
2: Other than that, right. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. This has been a pretty good season. I've enjoyed all the episodes, certainly. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing uh, how they... And I do have actually one other question about the dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you think Brainy is green?
0: I don't know. Uh, when we've seen him before, his natural f- form, is blue. non-image inducer is blue.
1: But that changed.
2: Yeah, so it's a deliberate choice to make him green, and I still can't quite understand why.
1: So he has been blue, and the implication from the show is he was blue because of those three... Mm-hmm inhibitor discs that were on him and that was stopping him from being green because as soon as those discs came off he was green in previous episodes oh. and i believe in the comic he was originally green as well so i think green is just the more natural color and maybe they wanted to try it out maybe they'd only had him green in the dream to show his alienness or something
0: some kind of psychological symbolism for nia
1: yeah, but it's it's hard to tell because Nia clearly just wants Brainy out of her dream and doesn't try and analyze it. So it it, it makes it hard right. that we're not seeing Nia try and analyze the dream Brainy.
0: Well, maybe next episode she'll realize that that was an oversight. Maybe not.
1: I thought it was a little overkill for Lex to kill all of the prisoner guinea pigs, which is what's implied. Mm-hmm. But hey, this is this is the vindictive Lex, and uh, from the fall, from the last, halfway through the last episode, Lex is still now on a somewhat negative trajectory. I am sure Lillian would have words.
0: Uh, yes, yes, he's uh, indulged himself with remarkable pettiness. Not that killing a prison full of experimental subjects is petty, but uh, just his vindictive cruelty. He's not really holding back on that.
1: No, he is not.
0: And he did wreck the entire room after Lena walked out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, as always, a fun discussion. Thanks, David and Alan.
1: Happy to be here. Thank you for
0: having me. Absolutely. And I'd like to thank the Incomparable Network for hosting this podcast. And most of all, I want to thank the listeners. If you would like to, dis- to continue the discussion with us, you can talk to, to us on Twitter at SG Supercast or on the Incomparable members Slack. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll be back soon, we hope. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.